0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Welcome to Planet Logic. I'm Lynn Woolley, the Secretary of Logic, the pilot of the podcast. We want to start today with the Amber Geiger case. It has concluded, and it has concluded in a most amazing way. It is as if there was absolutely intervention from God. So hard to believe what happened actually took place as angry protesters were outside the courtroom demanding Amber Geiger's head on a platter. Something almost angelic happened inside the courtroom. Now, if you don't know the background of this case, and I'm sure that just about everybody does, but very quickly, Amber Geiger, a young female Dallas police uh, officer, went home to her apartment. She was on the wrong floor. She went into an apartment that was positioned the same way as hers was a floor below. The door was unlocked She should have noticed that, but apparently she heard something inside, thought it was her own apartment. She went inside. The apartment was dark. Botham John, a black man, was sitting in a chair. He gets up to see what's going on, who's coming in. She shoots him. She's, she shoots him and and kills him right there on the spot. And then later... She said, I thought I was in my own apartment. This was a tragic mistake. Now, when this woman took the stand in Dallas at this trial, it was amazing to watch some of this. And, of course, there were television cameras in there. Uh, them, John's family was in there. Amber Geiger's family. Her mother testified. Her mother uh, a somewhat hunched over and feeble-looking elderly lady said, Amber wishes it had been her that was shot. Yes, I cannot imagine. Hitting somebody with a car and killing somebody accidentally, uh, accidentally shooting somebody as this happened or any other kind of a tragedy like that, that was a, that was an accident in your own mind and now you have to live with it and that is the worst punishment possible. But of course, activists didn't believe that. Quoting from Mark Davis's column in townhall.com, this is for Trayvon. This is for Michael Brown, claimed activist attorneys seeking to wrap the Geiger case in a narrative of race, but the jury returned the verdict of only 10 years. Now, folks, that was at the low end of the scale on what they could have done. They could have sentenced her to 99 years and left her in jail to die. But anything short of Geiger's head on a platter could have sparked some kind of racial unrest in Dallas, and yet this happened. The 18-year-old brother of Botham John... Brant John. It's spelled J-E-A-N, and I've heard it pronounced different ways. Young Brant John's first words set the tone that would rule the day. Here's what he said, quote, I love you just like anyone else. I'm not going to hope that you rot and die. I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's exactly what Botham would have wanted for you. The prosecution testimony had movingly portrayed Botham John as a glowing example of a wonderful son, a brother, and a friend. The goal of that testimony was to prod the jury toward harsher punishment. They did not do that. And with a merciful sentence settling over the courtroom, here's how Mark Davis in his column described what happened next. He says it was a miracle of grace. Give your life to Christ, he said, looking into the eyes of the woman who took his brother's life. I think giving your life to Christ is the best thing Botham would want for you. And then he looks over at Judge Tammy Kemp, and you've probably seen the television footage of this. This is a handsome young man, barely an adult. He asked Judge Kemp if he could step down from the stand and hug Amber Geiger. After a moment of silent surprise, she agreed. Brant strode over to a standing Amber Geiger who ran into his arms. And then the judge hugged John's family, and then Geiger, who prepared to be returned to a jail cell, to be sent off to prison. The judge did not merely bring consolation, but she brought with her, for Amber Geiger, a Bible, directing her to John 3.16 as evidence of God's love and direction. While this was going on, there were race-based protesters outside, demanding no justice and no peace. But inside the courtroom was the hug from heaven. I'm Lynn Woolley. This is Planet Logic. President Donald Trump, of course, is at the very center of the entire impeachment situation, the Russian collusion situation, now the Ukraine deal with Joe and Hunter Biden, but he's not the only person that's been at the center of this thing. Also, Gerald Nadler has played a big part. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has played a part. Joe and Hunter Biden are now involved, Gerald Nadler. But the other person that seems to take the center stage all the time is Adam B. Schiff of California, the Democrats head of the House Intelligence Committee, and now he is knee-deep in this Ukraine situation to the point where the Trump camp is actually thinking about filing a suit against him, and I think that would be a delicious thing to do. We find out from the New York Times that Schiff learned about the outlines of a CIA officer's concerns that President Trump had abused his power days before the officer filed a whistleblower complaint, and that's from a spokesman and from current and former American officials. The New York Times reports that this account by the future whistleblower shows how determined he was to make known his allegations that Trump asked Ukraine's government, at least in his opinion, to interfere on his behalf in the 2020 election. And it also explains how Adam Schiff seemed to know all this before it was even going on. The CIA officer, the whistleblower, approached a House Intel Committee aide, apparently, with his concerns about Mr. Trump, only after he had had a colleague first convey them to the CIA's top lawyer. And then he was concerned about how the initial avenue for airing his allegations through the CIA was unfolding. So he approached this House aide. In both cases, the original accusation was vague. In other words, this guy had some kind of a complaint. He didn't really know what he wanted to say. He didn't really know how to do it. He needed help, so he goes to the intel committee, Adam Schiff. The House staff member, following the committee's procedures, suggested the officer find a lawyer to advise him and meet with an inspector general with whom he could file a whistleblower complaint. The aide shared some of what the officer conveyed to Schiff, the aide did not share the whistleblower's identity with Mr. Schiff, an official said. It's almost like another one of those. Why did Schiff know, and when did he know it? Was Adam Schiff involved in making this complaint turn out the way it did? I mean, did Adam Schiff trump this thing up? Did he help beef it up? Is Adam Schiff now actually almost the whistleblower himself? Trump, according to the New York Times, who has focused his ire on Schiff amid the burgeoning Ukraine scandal, wasted no time in trying to use the revelation about the whistleblower's attempt to alert Congress to denigrate his complaint. In a news conference in the East Room of the White House, after the article was published, Mr. Trump called it a scandal that Mr. Schiff knew the outlines of the whistleblower's accusations before he filed his complaint. Yeah, Trump is not happy with Adam Schiff at all. He said this, big stuff, that's a big story, Mr. Trump said, waving a copy of the article in the air. He knew long before, and he helped write it, too. It's a scam. This is true. September 30, at a news conference, the president was talking about Adam Schiff. As you know,
2: and you probably now have figured it out, uh, the statement I made to the president of Ukraine, a good man, a nice man, Uh, was perfect, it was perfect, but the whistleblower reported a totally different statement, like the statement, it was not even made. I guess statement you could say with call, I made a call, the call was perfect. Uh, When the whistleblower reported it, he made it sound terrible. And then you had Adam Schiff, who even worse, my words, which I think is just a horrible—I've never even think, seen a thing like that. Adam Schiff, representative, congressman, made up what I said. He actually took words and made it up. The reason is when he saw my call to the president of Ukraine, it was so good that he couldn't quote from it because there was nothing done wrong. It was perfect. So Adam Schiff decided, I can't let this happen. So let me make up. Do you have this one, Gene? Do you ever hear anything like this? So Adam Schiff made up a phony call and he read it to Congress and he read it to the people of the United States and it's a disgrace. This whole thing is a disgrace. There's been tremendous corruption and we're seeking it. It's called drain the swamp. There's been corruption on the other side. There's been corruption like you've never seen. Now the new president of Ukraine ran on the basis of no corruption. That's how he got elected. And I believe that he really means it. But there was a lot of corruption having to do with the 2016 election against us. And we want to get to the bottom of it. And it's very important that we do. Thank
1: you very much. Donald Trump's frustration with Congressman Adam Schiff is reaching the point that there could even be a lawsuit. Mediaite is reporting that Rudy Giuliani's media tour continued this week. With President Trump's attorney threatening a lawsuit against House Intel chairman Adam Schiff for, quote, deliberately lying. It would be a very big case, Schiff apparently told Sinclair's Eric Bowling. And then here's something that is in the media that is seems to be on CNN and the Associated Press an awful lot. Let me read this this piece from mediae Giuliani also teased that dirt will soon come to light about former Vice President Joe Biden. Appearing on the David Webb show on Sirius XM, Giuliani hinted at forthcoming information damaging to Biden without offering any evidence whatsoever. That's a common thing for CNN to say. Trump said without evidence. AP says it all the time. Trump said without evidence. But this entire uh, Ukraine thing is without evidence so far. So we will see what we see here. Meanwhile, I just keep thinking if if President Trump actually did let Rudy Giuliani sue, it would at least have to come as far as discovery, you would think. And amazing things could could be found out about Adam Schiff, by the way, who has said for a long time that he either has or he has seen evidence of Trump colluding with Russia. I'd like to expose this guy for the liar that he is or have him put what he knows on the table. Some other things going on. On the campaign trail, impeachment and gun control. President Trump confronting. A decision at the core of the White House Democrats uh, impeachment inquiry, which is underway, although there's been no vote and we don't have an actual impeachment proceeding underway yet. But again, House Speaker Pelosi and good old Adam Schiff, the Intel Committee chairman, have issued a blunt warning to the president threatening to make White House defiance of a congressional request for testimony and documents potential grounds for articles of impeachment. How soon they have forgotten the Bill Clinton situation. Meanwhile, on the gun control front, we've already had Beto O'Rourke, the Irishman from El Paso, say, hell yeah, we're coming for your AR-15s and your AK-47s. And then Joe Biden was asked if he concurred. He says, are, are the Democrats going to come for people's guns? And Biden said, bingo. We're coming for their guns. Now Cory Booker is chiming in. And it makes me wonder, can the Democrats win the presidency away from Donald Trump on a program of Medicare for All, impeachment, and gun control? coming to take your guns, and I kind of doubt it. Bernie Sanders, at 78 years old, had to be taken to a Las Vegas hospital, had some chest discomfort. We don't know if it was a heart attack. They're not calling it a heart attack, at least at this recording. But he had a couple of stints put in. He's okay. He's resting. But at the age of 78, with a heart condition, will Bernie Sanders drop out of the race? If I know Bernie Sanders, he will drop out of the race when his cold, dead body is buried in the ground, and that's about it. I think this spells the end of his candidacy as a serious candidate. I think it accrues to the benefit of the other major socialist in the race, Elizabeth Warren, uh, known to my listeners as Papoose, and I think this helps her immensely. But I've never really thought that Biden or Sanders were serious candidates. They started out ahead. But we are starting to see all that erode. Now, back in Texas, they're calling it Texit because so many Republicans are dropping out and deciding not to run for re-election to the House. The latest, U.S. Representative Bill Flores, a guy I know pretty well. Uh, He represents Waco, a district very near to where I live. And now somebody else I know, Pete Sessions, is thinking about moving from the Dallas area to Waco and running for Flores' seat. So Flores goes out, according to the Austin American statesman, Jonathan Tylev, and he surveys about 50 local leaders, and not very many of them like this idea. Sessions lost his bid as Dallas turns more blue to Democrat Colin Allred. Dallas is now a city, it may not be San Francisco or Seattle but, or Portland, but it's certainly getting there, and Sessions can't get reelected there. He can't get his old congressional seat back, so he wants to come to Waco and represent this district that covers Waco and on down to the Brazos Valley, including Bryan, College Station. Two major universities would be in the district, Texas A&M and Baylor. So one letter that came in to Flores... As he was asking around, Dear Bill, thank you for soliciting input regarding Sessions. I think his even considering running here is disturbing. His reputation in Dallas among people I know to be reasonable was inaccessible. His constituents did not believe their interests were considered. He shows up at election time, kind of. That is not the kind of second-hand representation I would support. Nevertheless, expect Sessions to run in Waco and Bryan College Station for Congress. A quick note on a personal basis, I know Joel Lytle. Joel is the manager of a small, low-power, but cable-carried television station out of KPLE K-P-L-E-T-V. It's a Christian station. I've had some talks with them about the possibility of doing something in partnership with them regarding this podcast or my radio show. They are in some financial struggling right now. They're trying to stay afloat. They need about $15,000 by the end of October, or they're saying the station could shut down. Now, when I was general manager of KNCT-FM at Colleen, I came in on the heels of a television station shutting down, KNCT-TV Channel 46. It was just going to be too much money for the FCC repack that would have forced them to change channels, have to buy new equipment, and completely refigure the station. It was going to cost millions, and they just couldn't do it. The cost of running a television station is high. KPLE-TV in Colleen is a force for good. Joel Lytle is a good guy. This station deserves to stay on the air. If you'd like to make a donation to KPLE-TV, you can call them at 254 554 Three six eight three, or send a donation to P.O. Box 11031, Colleen, Texas, 76547. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Planet Logic. Be logical, folks. Take a stand for this great country, and God bless President Trump.